Morning, everybody. Are you all right? Great stuff. Fantastic. Good to be here with you this morning. And uh, when I was um, when I was thinking about what I was going to chat to you about this morning, and um, I was kind of just kind of reflecting. I thought I want to bring something. I've been here quite a few times now, and uh, it's great to, to to be back here. Always good to come out. I like coming here. I'm not just saying that because you're here. Um, it is, it's not preacher speak, it's true. Um, so I was thinking, um, but it was really strange because as, as I was thinking, and I had kind of like my, uh, well, I don't have paper because I use an iPad, so I had my iPad in front of me. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, absolutely nothing came. <laughs> so I, I just want to be really honest, really, um, and say... I, as, as I'm going to go through this moment, really, I, I'm, well, I'm going to chat about absolutely nothing. Because absolutely nothing came. And, and I thought, loads. I prayed. That's how desperate I was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and absolutely nothing came. I mean, the good thing is, um, in terms of right, remembering things... Um, you, you're going to have to remember absolutely nothing about what I said, really. And uh, so, yeah, so that, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. So this morning, I want to I chat to you about absolutely nothing. Uh, and in fact, some of you are on your way home today, you'll probably say to each other, well, he said absolutely nothing, didn't he? Some of you might be thinking, what, what, what was it? Like? I said, absolutely nothing. So, um, so what I thought we would do is just to bring a little bit of sense is we'd read from the Bible. Because I think, you know, if you're going to say absolutely nothing, you might as well as say it from the Bible. Does that make sense? So we'll have a little read of some sentences from the Bible. And um, I'm loving the fact that some of you are thinking, where are we going with this? (laughs) Nowhere. Okay, right. (laughs) So, um, okay, so if you've got a Bible and you're familiar uh, with the Bible, you might want to... Uh, grab your iPhones and iPads, hit the app, and turn to Romans 8, 28 to 39. And if some of you are still using paper, um, <laughs> nothing loaded in that statement. You're making your own gags up now, aren't you? Okay, Romans 8, 28 to 39. Uh, love, love these bunch of sentences. More than sure you've probably read them a number of times. So um, Romans 8, 28 to 39, and we know that in all things God works uh, for the good of those who love him, have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one that condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't get much better than that, folks. Love that great kind of anthemic rise at, at the end of that bunch of sentences. Uh, so if you, if you remember nothing else, just uh, focus on those bits because th- those are great bunch of sentences. So absolutely nothing. So continuing as I promised with talking about absolutely nothing, uh, I want to I say to you a few things this morning. And uh, the first thing I want to say to you is absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. Absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. I read this great little story, or great, well, I don't know what you'd call it, really, not a story as such, but more a kind of reflection. And uh, it, was, it was pinned on a wall, and it just it brought a smile to my, to my face. And it just simply was, was titled, The Difference Between Men and Women. Now, it's always dangerous, isn't it? But I, that's what I just want to say. I didn't write this myself. It, it was just interesting, that's all. Not making a point. Just sharing with you something from my life. <laughs> Women are compassionate and loving and caring. Women cry when they are happy. Women are always doing little things to show they care. Women will stop at nothing to get what they think is best for their children. Best school, best dress, best dentist. Women have the ability to keep smiling when they are so tired they can hardly stand up. Women know how to turn a simple meal into an occasion. Women know how to get the most out of their money. Women know how to comfort a sick friend. Women bring joy and laughter to the world. Women know how to entertain children for hours on end. Women are honest and loyal. Women have a will of iron under the soft exterior. Women go the extra mile to help a friend in need. Women are easily brought to tears by injustice. Women know how to make a man feel like a king. Women make the world a much happier place to live in. It's nice, isn't it? (laughs) Now for the men. Men are good at moving heavy things (laughs) and removing spiders. Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) That's it, really, to be honest with you. (laughs) Nothing else on the list for the fellas, really. I mean, I might as well as put, well, let's get rid of the spiders as well while we're at it. 
brilliant. I mean, I know we're playing a little bit to stereotypes. You can't be playing a little bit to stereotypes. But it, it is true, isn't it? As you look at, like, even if you look at kind of males and females, we, we are different. There's certain qualities that, that males have, honest, and there's certain qualities that females have. But then, like, you know, I'm sure if you look at your friends, if you want help with a certain thing, you'd maybe speak to some friends. And if you wanted help with other things, you wouldn't speak to them. You'd speak to them. Does that make sense? Because everybody's got these kind of different qualities uh, that you would kind of be able to benefit from. Uh, One of the things amongst the millions of things that I love about God is that absolutely nothing is beyond his power. You don't come to God and say, right, God, I've, I've got this, this and that. Now, I know you can't help me with that, but I know you can help me with this. So if you could sort this out, I'll get somebody else to deal with that. He's like, one of the wonderful things I love about God is that whatever I bring to him, he is incredibly powerful. He is, in fact, all-powerful, all-powerful. And it's like nothing really stumps him. So it's like, you know, it's like you're chatting to God about something and he's going, yeah, I have not got a clue on that one. None of that. Nothing takes him by surprise. This is the wonderful thing. And a a, a reminder in uh, those bunch of sentences that we read. And we know in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Folks, I don't know where you are in your journey with God or the Christian faith. I don't know if you say if you're over here for sake of argument, that's maybe somebody who's doing really well and, and flying and going for it and excellent <clears throat> or maybe you're somebody, sake of argument, who's over here and maybe not quite made up their mind yet, not quite sure, maybe you're open to look into it. Maybe you have made up your mind that, that, that the God thing isn't true and, and isn't real. I appreciate that that might be, might be somebody over kind of this side again. But I want to say to you folks, one of my experiences, wherever you are, and uh, this is informative if you don't know, or a reminder if you do know but you've forgotten. Because sometimes I need a reminder. I forget quite a lot. My wife has an amazing memory. I don't. My wife remembers all sorts of things. She's amazing. My, my, my wife remembers things I've never even said. That's how good her memory is. <laughs> that is how good her memory is. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, need, I need a reminder. I really, really do need a reminder. And listen, if you've got this sorted, crack on, all right? But you probably haven't. So I want to remind you. I want to remind me. If you don't know, I want to inform you. But whoever you are, wherever you are, I want to say to you this morning, absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. And that's why with confidence we can look at this bunch of sentences from the Bible that say, and we know in all things God works together for the good of those who love him. Why? Because nothing's beyond his power. So in everything, it might throw us, but it never throws him. But the key here is for those, sorry, for God works together for the good of those who love him. People often say to me, Mark, God's never done anything for me. Have you let him? Have you let him? Well, how do you let him? Well, you let him by inviting him in. It's quite a selfish way 
to view God if we don't let him into our life but want him to do things for us. That's just a tiny bit selfish. If I never have a cup of tea with my neighbor Stuart, but the minute I want him, I'm sure you've got user-friendly people. They're only friendly when they want to use you. Sometimes we can treat God like that. We're user-friendly with God. We're only friendly with him when we want him to do something. And because maybe we've not got a genuine friendship with God, he's, he's not committed to doing things for us. So you can hear about this amazingly powerful God who absolutely nothing is beyond his power. But if you don't invite him in, if you don't let him in, if you don't say, God, my life is over to you. I'm placing my life in your hands. I don't want to live life my way and without you anymore. I want to live life your way and with you. When you do that, it kind of unlocks a door for God to interact in your life. God does work together for the good of those who love him. But it's interesting because that little sentence, and we know in all things God works for good, that's the kind of, it's a kind of a, it's like a first aid Bible first, that one, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's the sort of thing a, a, a well-meaning Christian might share with you if you're going through a torrid time. Do you know that? Have you been there? Have you shared it? And it, it comes from good intention. Please, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. And the truth is still there. But it's not always appreciated, is it? Come on, be honest with me. Don't, go all, don't lie to me now, because that's what it is called when we're not honest. That's the truth, isn't it? Sometimes, like, yeah, they're great Bible verses, but it's not really what I want to hear. Sometimes you just do not want to hear. Well, I want to say to you, it doesn't stop it being true. It doesn't, when I don't want to hear it, it doesn't stop it being true. But what I do want to say to you is to just explain the sentence a little bit more. Because sometimes we can just use it slightly away from its original meaning. So let me help you with that. It says, all things. In all things. Not just in bad things. So why do we bang it out when it's only bad stuff? Because actually what the verse really means. like, I, Okay, look. <clears throat> I don't understand Greek. Okay, I can't, I can't read Greek, so what I do is I cheat, okay, and I read books by people who can. So when I tell you what the Greek says now, don't start going, he's sharp, isn't he, eh? <laughs> I mean, I am, but not for that reason. <laughs> you get me, I'm just, just being, you know, honest and all that kind of stuff. So when I, when I read people who do read it and kind of know what to say about things, they tell me that he works together, emphasizes that this is a continuing activity of God. That God is always about working together the things for our good. He never stops doing that. So that means he works the good stuff and the bad stuff. He knits them together. And now I like that. I like that, because God's always on it. Do you know what I mean? He, he's never off it. He's always about it. It's continuing, continuing, continuing. So if you're having good stuff and not so much bad stuff, God's continually working it all together for your good. And if you're having bad stuff and not much good stuff, God's continually working it together. do not mean it is good or it is bad what you're going through. It just means that God's going to work it together. Now, you've got to be all-powerful to be able to do that. Absolutely nothing is beyond your power. Otherwise, you can't work all things together for the good. For those, he works together for those who are called 
And now I love this. I love this little sentence. All right, because I've just understood something about this in the last fortnight, all right, which I really, really like. The word called means something. It's not just like, oi! <laughs> Some of you wish you could do that, don't you? <laughs> all right, okay. So it's not, it's not like, you know, like Shep, come on. Do you know what I mean? It's not that kind of calling, all right? It's actually a little bit more powerful than that. It means summoned. Summoned. Like when you're summoned, you don't really have a choice, which is quite frightening. I don't know much about summons. Simon knows loads about it. <laughs> they're like that, they're like that. <laughs> he did threaten me not to use it, so um, if I'm not around in the closing song... I've, I've been summoned by the wife of greater power, okay? So it kind of means, look, like, actually, come on, come here, get yourself here, leave where you are. Folks, I want to tell you that when you realize that not only does God have a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, something that he wants you to do that nobody else can do, when you realize that he's not just, Oi, have you thought about this? He's actually summoning you, saying, come on, get into it. And when you get into that plan by saying to God, I don't want to live my plan anymore, I want to live your plan. When you do that, not only do you realize how much God wants you on his side, not only do you enter into a plan and discover real true meaning and purpose in this world, but actually you begin to release God to begin to interact with your life working together all the good stuff and the bad stuff for your good, for your good. Now that makes me a tiny bit excited. It does. Sometimes I've been known to shout hallelujah. All right, because I love that. And I don't know where you are in the gym, but I want to say it's available to you even today. I'm going to explain a little bit more as we journey through this chat so you can begin to understand how you can make that your thing. But I need, to, I need to throw a little caveat in there now. Because we've talked a little about, about God doing things for your good. But, but I have discovered something about God. He's a maverick. Honestly, he really, really is. I have noticed a few things about God. And one of the things is, he doesn't do it the normal way. So I'm not saying that you're going to be comfortable with everything he does. I wouldn't ever want to lay that one down and say you're always going to love it. I mean, I have genuinely, honestly, regularly have and probably will continue to have chats with God about how I think he could do it better for me. <laughs> it's true. I totally have. And I'm guessing that many of you have also had the same. It might not have been quite so conversational, all right, and you might not have been quite so vocal about it, but you've been through stuff and you're thinking, Ooh, sure I'd do it this way God can, can I make a suggestion have you ever found yourself doing that it's like I actually, I actually had a chat with God a few years ago and I said God I reckon if you did it this way you could save yourself a lot of work I did and when I said it I thought what am I saying this for but I was just being really honest because I was working on the base actually I think probably God if you did it this way I'm, I'm going to be in a lot better position. 
a lot better place. And I'm going to save you a little bit of work. Like, you know, like somehow God's going, oof, it's tiring. It's tiring, I can't cope with any more. But it's not because he's so powerful. But I have to say to you, he ain't always going to do it the easy way. Let me read you a little story. I love this. It says, a woman went to a doctor's office. She was seen by one of the new doctors. But after about four minutes in the examination room, she burst out screaming as she ran down the hall. An older doctor stopped and asked her what the problem was. And she explained. He had her sit down and relax in another room. The older doctor marched back into the first and demanded, what is the matter with you? Mrs. Terry is 63 years old. She's got four grown children and seven grandchildren, and you told her she was pregnant. <laughs> the new doctor smiled smugly as he continued to write on his clipboard and said, yep, but it cured her of her hiccups, didn't it? <laughs> hiccups cured, heart weakened. I don't know if that's a win-win. Not quite sure whether that's a good result, to be honest with you. All illustrations, of course, have a short fall. They, they, they put a little bit of illumination on certain things. And I just want to say something just to make 100% sure that I don't mislead you. Okay? Because God is never going to do anything that's not true. He's never going to have lose integrity. It's like going to take you down this certain path that really isn't true and right just to get this. No, he's not going to do that. God has the utmost integrity. But nothing, absolutely nothing, is beyond his power. And that's why he might use an unconventional way. But Jesus looked at a bunch of people and said these words. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now I'm just going to throw a little, little tiny little bit of, just a little bit of a caveat again on that because sometimes I'm not going to make a big thing this is like a, like a sermonette within a sermon okay just it's like it's, it, I mean don't get too excited it's nothing major all right but it's it's just a little qualification because I think sometimes we can use this sentence slightly for those of us who are Christians slightly out of context like when we're believing for God to do something, we say all things are possible. It's true, but not all things are definite. No, not everything is a given that he's going to do it. So please do draw encouragement and enthusiasm and allow it to boost your faith in the fact that absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. But please don't take it and use it wrongly because it will set an unhelpful expectation and then you'll have a unhelpful drop so I just throw that out just place that there and uh, just be aware of it because I think it's one of those things that we can sometimes slightly misquote and I need to just explain that so I can feel free that I haven't taken you down a path that isn't true so absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. Absolutely nothing is beyond God's knowledge. Now, I lived in Bristol for two years. And that's where I did my training uh, as a speaker. And uh, when I was there, I, I came across um, <coughs> Bristol Zoo. 
And I actually went to it once. And a few years ago, I came across a story about Bristol Zoo. And I've kind of just wanted to substantiate it to see whether it's true. And as to the best of my knowledge, I understand that this is true. Okay. So outside Bristol Zoo, there is a parking area. Some of you, some of you have heard it. Okay, cool. There's a parking area for 150 cars and eight coaches or buses. And uh, for many, many years, it was manned by a very pleasant attendant with a ticket machine. And he charged cars a pound and coaches five pounds. And uh, this parking attendant worked there solidly, pardon me, for 25 years. And one day, he just didn't turn up. Obviously decided enough was enough, and he just didn't turn up. And, um, oh well, oh well, said Bristol Zoo. What we'll do is we'll, we'll contact the council, to get them to send us a replacement. So they rang up the council, and the council said, um, no, this is not our responsibility. Um, this is your responsibility. Uh, no, said Bristol Zoo Management, the attendant was employed by the city council, not by the zoo. To which the council said, no, he was never employed by the city council. And they said, well, he was never employed by the zoo. So sitting in a villa somewhere on the coast of Spain <laughs> is a bloke who's been taking parking lot fees estimated at £400 per day at Bristol Zoo for 25 years. <laughs> Assuming it's open seven days a week, which it is, this amounts to just over £3.6 million. <laughs> and do you know what? Nobody even knows his name. Now, I have two responses to that. I have the ethical and correct response, which is to say tax avoider or evader or whatever, which, which one it is. The other response is not so ethical. I want to say, well done. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I feel if we could edit that out of the tape, that would be good, okay. But I do, you kind of, you, you've got to congratulate the lad, haven't you, really? Do you know what I mean? I mean, he sat having pims and lemonade in Spain. P for those of you Christians, pims is like slur but stronger, all right? <laughs> so, just, so I just need to help you, help you out, contextualize it and all that, innit? If I use that gag again, still laugh, won't you? Because it'll be, a, it'll be another sermon somewhere, I reckon. <laughs> so, what, what I'm going to tell you that, I'm going to tell you that story because it's, it's, it is frightening. That somebody can be out and about and nobody really know why he's there. You know, who, 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 who wanted him to be there? N not even really know his name. And 25 years he disappears and, and nobody actually even knows where he is or who he is. And, and I, it's incredible, isn't it, that we can live in a world where that can happen. But I want to say something to you today. Nobody escapes God's knowledge. Nothing, absolutely nothing, absolutely nobody is beyond God's knowledge. In fact, in that bunch of sentences that we read, it actually says quite a powerful thing. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. There's a couple of kind of christian words in there I need to explain in case you're here this morning and maybe not too familiar with church language. One of the words says foreknew. Let me tell you what that basically means, because I've done a bit of study into it. This is basically what the word foreknew. It doesn't mean simply 
knew from a distance. Let me explain, okay? It would be pretty impressive if you could predict the future, okay? But that's not what it means. It doesn't mean that God predicts the future. It means he knows the future before it's happened. Now, that's impressive. That is really impressive. But actually, not even like does he know the facts, not even does he know the overarching story of history, but he actually knows you. I like that. I really, really like that. I like the fact that he knows me. You see, I like, I like to be known. I'm going to conclude with you. I, I, I love, I, loved, I, I know lots of people at different levels. Proper thrills me because I'm a bit of a people person. I get a little bit depressed if I'm not around people, all right? So I like being around people. They energize me. I like getting to know people. But you know what thrills me? I think God's an extrovert. Definition of an extrovert is somebody who gets energized from being around people. I think actually being around people energizes God. In fact, I know it because in one part of the Bible, he says he actually turns up and lives in when we sing to him. That's what it says. I like that. I really like that. But even before, even before any of our days, even before we were conceived or thought of by our parents, God knew us. Somebody once said to me, well, man, if God knew us that much and he knows everything, why did he create the world if he knew we were going to not choose him? Which is a valid question. My simple answer is this. It's because even before there was a problem, God had a cure. That's how much he knows. Now, that is impressive. That is really, really impressive. But it's not just this kind of distant knowing. It's actually knowing deeply and personally. Folks, I want to say to you, real living relationship with God is what's on offer to every single person. But God can only come up close and personal and get to know you when you let him in. When you let him in. But then it says, oh, this is even better still. He didn't just foreknew us, didn't just know us before we came, but before we came into existence, he had something for us to connect with. And it says, those he foreknew, he predestined. What, what, is he, what has he summoned us for? What, what, what's that about? Simply this, to be conformed to the image of his son, to be like Jesus. Let's bottle it down. Christianity is about being like Jesus. That's it. That's it. We overly complicate it. It's just about doing our best to be like Jesus and do what he, t- he did. That's what we've been called for. That's what, that's what we're, we're called to be. That's why he knows us. I've been really challenged recently because I forget about the cross quite a lot. I remember it a little bit when I ask forgiveness and uh, when I have communion. And then I forget about it a lot of the time. I mean, I realize you're a lot more holy than me. Okay, I'm, I'm, so I've, I decided one day, I felt really challenged, what am I doing to remember the cross? I didn't say this in the first service. I wasn't planning on saying this in the first service. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out here because I feel it might be appropriate. So I've done, I've done something to help me remember the cross. I bought one. And it's never away from me. Put it in my pocket. Sometimes it goes in my satchel. Occasionally I forget to take it out. But most of the time I try and keep it with me. And whenever I'm thinking about how I've let God down, 
Remember the cross. Whenever I'm about to, to speak or preach, I remember the cross. Whenever I want to pray for somebody and I feel powerless, I remember that's where the power is, in the cross. I throw this challenge out to you that I didn't throw out to the first service, so I don't know why I'm throwing it out to you. What are you doing to remember the cross? Because that's what made it possible for us to be conformed to the image and the likeness of his son. Let's not just remember it at Easter and when we have communion. Just throw that out for maybe some people here today. Nothing is beyond God's knowledge. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit in this second point and I'm going to move on to the third point because I think that's the right thing to do. So nothing, absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. Absolutely nothing is beyond God's knowledge. Just reference you a verse, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Third thing, absolutely nothing is beyond God's love. So I've got this little story. And I don't know whether it's a story or a joke, but I like it. So I don't know whether it's true or not true, but I like it. Would you like to hear it? Go on then. Things I have to do for you. So a salesperson rings up a house. Little boy answers the phone. and says, hello. Salesperson says, hello. Can I speak to the man of the house? Little boy says, no, he's busy. Oh, well, can I speak to your mum then? No, she's busy. Have you got an older brother? Yeah. Well, can I speak to your older brother then? No, he's busy. Have you got an older sister? Yeah. Well, can I speak to your older sister then? She's busy. Is there any, anybody else in the house that's like an adult? Yeah. Oh, good, good. Who's in there? Policeman. <laughs> well, can I speak to the policeman then, please? No. Why is that? He's busy. So what is everybody in your house busy about? Looking for me. I, th- I don't know whether it's a joke or a story. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Do you like that? All right, stop laughing now because I've got something important to say. <laughs> I do like stories. They are fantastic. I, I, I don't know uh, where you feel uh, you are in life. Uh, I guess it's, it's easy to kind of just crack on through life and uh, maybe kind of be a little bit on our own. Maybe, maybe you're not on your own. Maybe you're not kind of hiding from anybody. Uh, maybe you're out there and you're, you're buoyant and everything's going really, really good. But I want to I wanna say something to you because there is a danger in the Christian faith that we think God's only about the tough times. He is about that, but it's about the good times too. There is a danger that 
human beings, we can come to God only when we're weak. Well, listen, come to him when you're weak. Please do. He's fine by that. But actually, you don't have to be in that place where you feel life's lost before you can turn to God. Because I want to say to you, absolutely nothing is beyond God's love. And Paul, the, the, the guy who wrote those sentences that we looked at, that we read right at the beginning, he wrote quite a chunk of the newest part of the Bible. And uh, he, he, he had some pretty incredible experiences in his life. He had, he had all kinds of stuff happen to him. And, and he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he gives this list of trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. And he, and he throws these out. And um, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like rhetorical, but the answer is an implied positive, okay, that actually, um, or implied negative rather, but actually nothing can separate us from these things. The, the answer's in the question. It's not like a small group discussion. He's not asking advice. I've been thinking, what do you think, okay? No, he's saying, look, this is the deal. And, and you get the sense of what he's saying in a few moments' time. But he lists some things. Trouble, which literally means pressure or distress. And then he says hardship. The word hardship literally means narrowness, i.e. being kind of pressed in and pushed in and, and hemmed in. That there's, there's so much happening around you that you just feel squashed with life. Well, then he says about persecution or famine, nakedness, danger or sword the, that would represent death, would it not? The, the kind of the great enemy. And he said, look, none of these, none of these can separate us from the love of Christ. Now, let me explain something here. This is Christ's love for us, not our love for Christ. Because my love for Christ weakens. My love for Christ weakens. Sometimes I feel it more, sometimes I feel it less. So sometimes I might feel, oh man, my love for Christ is, I might even feel slightly distant because my love for him is weakening. Anybody know that feeling? But it doesn't change the truth and the reality that his love for us never weakens and nothing can separate us from his love for us. And in fact, actually, it's, it's even more powerful than that. It's not just that these things, i.e. the trouble, the hardship, the, the um, persecution, the famine, the nakedness, the danger, the sword. Not only do those things not separate us from the love of Christ. Actually, it's better than that. Because those are the things, those are part of the things that God in all of his power is weaving together. Along with the good stuff for our good. So not only do they not separate us, but actually it's, it's quite the opposite of that. Which is lovely, isn't it? That these things just shape us and actually help us to more appreciate the love of Christ. And then he goes on to say, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, height nor depth, anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When he said, for I am convinced, it's written in the perfect tense, the present tense, the now. I stand is what it literally means. I stand convinced. I stand convinced. 
I love that thought that you and I can stand convinced about what? Absolutely nothing is beyond God's love. Absolutely nothing is beyond God's knowledge. And absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. I believe God wants you to stand convinced. Stand more convinced than you've ever stood. And leave this place with this sense that absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Let's pray. Just as uh, Leon comes up and he's going to play for us just to um, enable us to be reflective. I want to offer to pray for two groups of people just by a very simple uh, means this morning. Might be that you're here this morning and um, you've never said yes to God. You've never connected with his plan for your life. And this morning he's literally summoning you. He's saying, come on, come on calling you, summoning you and all it takes to respond to that is the same thing that you would say if you were responding to anything and that is yes yes say yes to God this morning if you've never said yes to him simply means that you're saying yeah God I I don't want to live life to my plan anymore I, I I want to live life to your plan, I want to see you weaving all that stuff together we say yes to him because we recognise and realise that until this point we've lived our life without him and that that's stopped us connecting with him so if you're here this morning and you've never said yes to God let me encourage you to say yes when I encouraged a few moments ago those who are Christians to remember the cross I want to let you know what the cross was about for you It was about Jesus coming down to this planet, showing you that absolutely nothing is beyond God's power or knowledge or love. That was like the demonstration. So it demonstrated that. But the thing that it accomplished was it made it possible for you and I to be forgiven. But you have to receive that forgiveness. And that's why you need to simply say yes to God this morning. So if you're here this morning, you've never said yes to God you don't have to understand everything I didn't understand everything the day I said yes as I've gone on the journey I've understood more if you're here this morning you've never said yes to you God is calling you he's wanting you to to follow him just where you are right now don't worry about whether you understand everything we can help you with that just say yes to him the stillness and quietness of your own heart and mind not out loud but just where you are why don't you just say yes to God right now might be that you're here this morning you said yes to God many many years ago maybe you've just kind of slipped away and you know that you've not really lived like a person who said yes to God why don't you come back to him this morning and say yes again just literally those two words yes again by saying yes again, you're reconnecting, you're reinviting Jesus, God, to interact with your life in that personal way. So if that's you, why don't you just in your heart just say yes again to God? Just do that now. Say yes to God or yes again, God. 
my prayer for you is that you will increasingly know that absolutely nothing is beyond God's power. Absolutely nothing is beyond God's knowledge. And absolutely nothing is beyond God's love. And I pray that as of this moment, something very real will take place in your life. But I want to pray for another group. And uh, let me encourage you to, to respond. You're here, you're, you're a Christian. You know, you do, you're doing okay, maybe. But maybe you just need to know in a situation that you might be facing, maybe you need to know one of those things. You might need to know all of them. But you're saying to me, Mark, yeah, I'm in a situation I need to know right now that absolutely nothing is beyond God's power because I'm facing something that I can't really see a way through. Maybe you're going through something that not many people know about. And maybe you've hidden it a bit. Maybe you need to know afresh that absolutely nothing is beyond God's knowledge. Maybe you've just lost sense of the love that Christ has for you. Maybe your own love towards him has weakened slightly. And you need to know that absolutely nothing is beyond God's love. So in a few moments, I'm just going to ask if that's you. Just very simple thing. Raise your hand, whichever one of those three it is. If it's all of them, that's fine. And I'm not going to invite you out to the front or anything like that. Thank you. Somebody's already raising their hand. Thank you. I'm just going to ask you if, if that one of those is you and you would just like to know the absolutely nothing bit that relates to what you're going through right now. I'm not going to invite you out to the front. If you want to chat it through, there's the, the guys with the posh t-shirts on that you can go and chat to. And I know they'd love to, to stand with you. But if you're just saying to me, yeah, Mark, I need to know one of those absolute nothings. Could you just, where you are, simply slip up your hand. Do that for me now. Great, thank you. Bless you, that's grand. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty, that's excellent. Okay, bob your hands down. Anyone else? Wait for a few moments' time. Great, okay, thank you. Okay. Father God in the name of Jesus and through your Holy Spirit would you minister even now to these different needs these different situations for those who need to know that absolutely nothing is beyond your power just remind them of that now God those who need to know that absolutely nothing is beyond your knowledge would you remind them of that just now God in that still secure solid way that you do and for those who need to know that absolutely nothing is beyond God's love including them would you just minister that speak that into existence in their life Lord, as we uh, sing in a few moments' time, as we draw to an end this part of our life together in this community, Lord, we thank you for time out to be nourished and refreshed. And thank you for your words contained in the Bible. 
And I pray that would carry them forward, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Just before I sit down, before we finish our, uh, with our final song, I've got a little booklet. If you said yes to God or yes again to God today, please come and see me. I'll just be uh, by the table on the way out, by the double doors there. Uh, it's written by me. It's got a, a few things in there from friends of mine who've said yes to God and things that have helped them through their lives. It's completely free. You're more than welcome to have one. If it's okay with you, I'll just scribble your name dressed down on a piece of paper, which I can give to Simon, one of the pastors here at the church, that they can help you a little bit more. God bless. It's been great to be with you. Thank you.